Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, Comics. Hello, uh, this is And Now Comics. I'm Luke Gonzalez. Joining me this time is uh, John Seiler. Uh, some people call the House of X of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Connor Irving. Um, I'm counting on the House of X to hopefully be good. And Ryan Fretz. Doomsday Clock will never reveal itself before the year is <laughs> over. <laughs> I was really hoping someone was going to be like, and I'm the power of 10 of the podcast. I was waiting for John or yeah, for Lou, Lou to do that. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will talk about house and power of X. Um, there's like very few news stories. We started off before recording, talking about the Garfield thing, which I guess is, it's probably this the biggest news story. To me. Yeah. So Garfield was sold to Viacom who also owns Nickelodeon or it's in the process of being sold, I guess. Uh, basically Jim Davis, uh, the company that owns the rights to Garfield uh, has sold like his entire company to Viacom. So it's like not only like Garfield, that's like Garfield and Friends. That's that, and also that really bad like anchor show. If you if you oh yeah, uh, if you know yeah. that. Yeah, I'm looking. They already are doing. I guess before this, a deal was already announced. They're already planning on doing a new animated series for Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that brand is in 2019, like outside of the the meme. But yeah, I mean, it can't be any worse than the last, you know, 20 years of, of, of Garfield. <laughs> or like, you know, they, they've had like really bad animated shows. They've had really bad games. Um, well, again, like I didn't realize until you said it before you started recording that they bought TMNT in 09 and yeah. they have done great things with that property. Yeah, um, but I feel like there's shows. more I feel like there's more story potential for the TMNT than Garfield. Oh, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't know if it's a controversial <laughs> statement. <laughs> I, I guess more it's like I, I think that there is a place <sighs> for Garfield on like Nickelodeon, like for kids. Oh yeah. Um and like it's still like a basic premise of it's a cat a lazy cat and then the couple of characters around him and then the really inept dumb owner so they it's one one of the worst characters in comics which is funny because it's the guy it's him like isn't it it's the creator yeah john arbuckle sucks yeah yeah (laughs) my favorite is have you ever seen when they remove garfield (laughs) from panels i was just gonna bring that up because those are some of the funniest comics it just looks like john's a schizophrenic and he's just Just like crazy (laughs) lonely man this is talking because, like, half the panels end with him not saying anything. So it's just like I have a him pa- a panel of him talking, responding to nothing, and then silence, and then a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jim Davis like sued to get that stopped, right? Really? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> How can you yeah, get it stopped? Uh, it's like satire. <laughs> well, like that, but that's the thing. It's like he tried suing it because he didn't think it was, you know, transformative enough. Um, to the point that even like when they reprint. Like, they did printings of Garfield without Garfield, and Jim Davis made them put the original strips to the opposite side of the panel without Garfield. And it's just like, you're ruining the joke, Jim. 
<laughs> you don't fucking like, I, get it. I mean, like, and maybe that's a thing. Garfield is a really like Garfield the property has become is much like Garfield the cat. It's just lazy and bloated and dated, and maybe with like, um, because I, you know, it's like there are a lot of cartoonists that actually like really love drawing Garfield and doing like stuff with like the Garfield brand, and maybe this animated show is a way to get like a fresh new take and eyes on Garfield in a way that you know you're able to get a new audience with it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they do a Halloween special where they do all of the Garfield... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Johns. <laughs> That'd be funny. Just a, <laughs> like a horror Garfield? I would love that. Which is funny because there's all those uh, eldritch horror Garfield like art pieces, and they're still not as kind of scary as when you're a kid and you read Garfield alone. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, like... Like, does do people here know the Garfield Alone strip? I don't think no. I... I've never heard of that. Okay, so Garfield Alone is an actual, literal Garfield strip that ran for a week, um, like, when I was a kid. Or even probably, like, before you... Like, you know, very young. Um, it's basically a comic where Garfield wakes up and, like, John is gone. And then he realizes, like, Odie and Normal and everyone else is gone. And at the house that he's living is condemned. He's all alone. And this comic takes place over the span of like, four days. And the fifth comic is he wakes up from this nightmare and he sees John, he sees Odie, and he hugs them, and he's like, oh, you know, thank, thankful I'm not alone, or whatever. And it's basically is the creepypasta, like the original creepypasta, where it's like, oh, was, was this, like, was Garfield actually alone? Is is the dream at the end basically him like thinking about the good times that he did have and that's the comic from now on? Oh, but yeah, wow. Gar- Garfield alone is a like an actual literal Jim Davis written and drawn strip that came out. Huh. That's interesting. I didn't I'd never heard of that. That sounds way more horror and interesting than anything Jim Davis Davis has actually ever done. Yeah. Maybe he just had a a, a bad week, and you... Yeah, just a case of the Mondays. <laughs> yeah. Which, they announced that the, that Garfield deal on a Monday. That's, That's why he hates Mondays. Yeah, I, I do think that there's stuff that they can obviously do, but, like, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I don't know how much kids actually know the character. Oh, yeah, okay, so yeah, you post up the Garfield alone strip. Yeah, I felt like I literally just Google Garfield alone. Yeah, it's wild. Like, if you're listening to this and you haven't read the strip, I would recommend going reading it. Okay, I'll check that out. <laughs> yeah, well, mandatory reading besides uh, X Men now. Garfield alone. Who would have fucking thought? Oh man, yeah. I, like, I, it's an interesting thing. Like, I think it makes sense to try to do something with that IP for Nickelodeon, like, compared to anybody else. I mean, what is what is Jim Davis going to do with Garfield in 2019? Yeah. Does he even know where he is at this point? I mean, like, at this point, he could just sell off the brand, just, you know, live. I don't even think Mm -hmm. he's making, I don't even think he's still making Garfield strips. No, I don't think so. I don't 
Well, do newspapers still exist? Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. It, it's funny because you still see newspaper strips that are continuing. Um, I mean, I mean, I think one of the most famous ones currently is. Uh, uh, oh my god! What is it? Beetle something? No, I'm tr- I, I'm trying to think of that comic I really like about the girl. Oh uh, yeah, we talked about it. It was really funny. Uh, I can't remember. I totally forgot. We talked about that like several months ago. Well, <laughs> um, while you're talking or while you're thinking, um, just one of the other news stories, which I think is interesting. So, um, one of the books that was supposed to come out um, this week was Wildcats, which got canceled. I don't think we talked about this last time, um, but it got canceled. It was supposed to be out um, this month. Uh-huh. I think it was supposed to be out like last week or this week. And it was supposed to be a six-issue run, and it just got bumped. And um, Warren Ellis has basically talked about that. Like, as far as he knows, it's canceled. Hopefully, he'll come out another day. But, yeah. Hmm, um, unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so- it it, it kind of reminds me of what happened with Batman and the Outsiders, where they just canceled the, the issues that they had in the can, and then they resolicited it for months later. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That just came. I think they're like at issue two of that that run, and that was supposed yeah. to come out a while ago. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like Warren Ellis has a lot of, you know, he's not doing anything. Like he has like a bunch of other projects on his plate, and it's possible that, uh, you know, he delayed Wildcats so he can finish up all these other engagements. Well, I mean, if he's that busy, it would make sense to start kind of clearing the the palette, so to speak, so he could uh, kind of organize and release stuff in a steadier manner, I guess, and like work on other stuff at the same time instead of cramming everything in and and kind of half-assing projects. I mean, and also DC for the last two years, it's just Shazam's late, uh, 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 a lot of the young animal, uh, like Doom Patrol was late. Uh, Doomsday Clock is late, so maybe they're just trying to stop having too many books be late at a time. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, what it ends up doing, which is like, it's happened to me last week, where it's like, oh, like there'll be like three weeks where I'm not picking up anything, and then there's like one week where I have like seven books just because everything's been delayed so wonkily. Yeah. That's like last week. I'm still picking up books that I I missed because I just didn't have the money, or like I just didn't want to buy them all at once because I'm not going to read them. Um, I guess the only big story I found was like a couple of like hiring changes at DC. So I guess the bigger one to talk about at all is that DC hired Jonah Wayland as like the new VP of marketing. He is the guy that created comic book resource, uh, comic book resources like way back in the day. Uh, yeah, I remember you posted something like that. Yeah. So it's just like an interesting thing. He sold that company a long time ago, but kind of weird that like somebody who was in the kind of media industry for comic books is now like the marketing guy for like the number one or number two biggest comic book company i yeah that is a bit <laughs> weird yeah but otherwise yeah they did so ryan posted this deadpool thing it's really like i think people are kind of running with a very tiny quote yeah so it's like, like pe- a headline yeah, so because um, I guess the guy who's doing Deadpool, uh, David, like 
uh, worked on Hobbs and Shaw, or it's his new movie. And uh, I guess was asked about it, and the quote is literally just, it's rated R, or like, uh, rated R, so that's not necessarily the MCU brand, but he doesn't uh, but he doesn't necessarily need to be R, and Dizzy doesn't necessarily need to only make PG-13 movies. Yeah. And that's all he said. And that's, and that's a truthful statement. Like, yeah. Deadpool, as a brand, does not need to be R, rated R to be good. And I don't think Disney necessarily only wants to make PG-13 superhero films. Like, yeah. those are two possibly truthful statements. And mm-hmm. the idea that the headline is it, Deadpool 2 director says Deadpool 3 doesn't necessarily need to be radar. Like, that's a half-truth. And I, this is why I also don't go to comic book news, because this mm-hmm. is also the same site I talked to you guys like, uh, you know, before we started recording, that also reported on that Bully 2 news that was like making the rules around today. That was basically like a guy from a YouTube channel says that he knows someone at Rockstar, which is the equivalent of the kid on the playground who says, my dad works at Nintendo and says they're going to do this thing. Exactly. Which, like, I feel like I was talking to my brother the other day, uh, catching up, and yeah, those sites, just the sites in general, I feel like it's... Um, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but mostly what I come up with is, like, the comic book kind of genre stuff has turned into what, like, sports media has been for the last 10 years, where they're just, like, all headline grabs. There's no... Everything is a headline, and it's just clickbait. Like, that is the entire, like, comic book kind of geek genre thing, like, news media has become. It's just clickbait. Uh, I think that's because it's, like, the major outlets out there, you know, like, CBR, uh... Newsarama, Newsarama, and comic book, like they're all about like trying to get like those clicks in, and so like sure, like that's why like any time like I try and bring up stories for this podcast, um, I use like um, Boing Boing, I use uh, Comic Speed, uh, I use you know when I have to, like I use Bleeding Cool, like even though like I think they're not as like I think they're kind of on the same level as the Newsarama, but you know it's like I try and like at least, you know, bring up, like, a story that's being, like, corroborated through, like, many different sources, instead of just, like, you know... We heard a thing, and we're gonna report on it unscrupulously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not even, like, unscrupulously, it's just, like, there's nothing there. Like, technically, that headline is correct, but it is written in such a way that has gives, like, no actual real meaning. So it's mm-hmm. like really, it's lazy, it's manipulative writing. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, and that's kind of a problem in general with like, like we're saying, like with the entire, it, it's like online news in general, but a mm-hmm. lot very, very bad in this specific genre of news. So I'm trying to think, is there anything else we want to talk about before we do like our dive into House and Power? Uh, it's kind of half comic news, uh, but DuckTales Remastered uh, is leaving the digital storefront on August 8th. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's also why I don't believe in a uh, digital console future, but uh, if you if you wanted to buy the digital version of DuckTales Remastered, which is a pretty great game, uh, get it before uh, Friday, I believe. No, Thursday. Yeah, um, that kind of goes into that. So Disney announced their pricing for their bundle for Hulu, 
ESPN and Disney Plus, and it's going to be thirteen bucks a month That's to get all three. Yeah, yeah it's is, twelve ninety nine. Uh, yeah, it's a dollar. I think it's a dollar more than I pay for Hulu right now without commercials. Uh, yeah, so you're probably going to have com- commercials. Yeah. Plus, with Hulu, you can always do like HBO and Stars. So, like, you can pre- basically cancel like your cable package because that's there's a lot of like add-ons you can do with hulu to like increase your like mm-hmm. whatever you're watching mm-hmm. yeah i i will cancel hulu so i and then do this and i don't know man i guess i guess like i watch like i watch like around the horn that's about the only espn thing i watch so yeah like which is funny because that is one of the shows like i super hate <laughs> although it's not the, my most hated show on espn that would be um, what's the stupid morning show? They used to have Skip Bayless. Now it's just Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. Uh, first yeah. take. Yeah, I don't get Stephen. I, I get I get the appeal of Stephen A. Smith. I also it's... don't get Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> so this is like super tangent. So Stephen A. Smith is a thing because, well, he's a thing on ESPN because it was originally him and Skip Bayless, who's one of the most hated hateable and hated like sports news guys <laughs> um and it was literally like he had had like like he every show that skip Bayless does he talks it's him against like it's like a talking head show like the debate thing but it's always like a younger black guy <laughs> so skip Bayless went to fox and now he's talking with shannon sharp who's like a former nfl player hall of famer but like the reason why stephen a smith exists is because he wrote in New York for a long time and became friends with a couple of like New York basketball players and then has continued to be friends. Specifically, he was like close with Kobe. Ah. So like he's like a the super like number one NBA insider guy. But NBA he's also insider, I'll get all your hot tips yeah. from Skip. Yeah, so he's just like and he just like talks a lot of shit. His Twitter is hilarious though, because um, he's like constantly tw- like he will tweet about how he likes like big be- big butts and stuff oh, like nice. that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's yeah, he, he real open. He is this like uh, your quintessential like uh, what do they call it? Not a hothead, a blowhard. Blowhard, yeah, yeah. That's from what I <laughs> you've told me. It sounds like a blowhard. Yeah, the only thing on ESPN Plus I'll be interested in is because they have like the deal with the UFC. So, like, they have, like, some pay-per-view level stuff that'll be on there. But otherwise, I'm like, I don't care. But it's part of it, so. I mean, um, that's good. I mean... yeah. If you don't watch sports, like, I get it. Like, you're just kind of getting it with it. It's probably cheaper to get the whole bundle than to get two of the three. Oh, it is 100 Actually, it'd be really cool if also Fox Sports was part of that deal. Because um, uh, that means, like... Because that means I get to watch SmackDown and like whatever See, like their new show is. Fox Sports was not part of the deal to Disney. Uh, oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was everything but the news. It was everything but news and sports. Oof. That was oh. one of the reasons how they danced around like Monopoly stuff because they don't have a Monopoly on sports news. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny because like yeah. Uh, well, WWE like, took the place of UFC when UFC left Fox to go to ESPN. What a weird jump. They do that all the time. The UFC copies the WWE stuff a lot of the time. So Yeah, I mean, the UFC is just theatrics before people pummel the shit out of each other. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I'm trying to think. We got like way off track. I would like if they <laughs> bundled in like um, Marvel Unlimited to that. Well, they may like, add that on as like an add-on package. Like how? That would be... God, that'd be great. Yeah, like for an extra like two bucks a month, you get Marvel Unlimited also. Like I think their subscription to Marvel Unlimited would skyrocket. Well, that made me real jealous of you guys for for a few minutes there. <laughs> But um, speaking of Marvel, why don't we talk about probably, I would say it's probably like the biggest comic thing going on in a while, right? With House um, of X. I, I mean, yeah. like it, I think it's the biggest Marvel news right now. Um, I would say like it's, it's definitely like been on the bigger than... Of, do, do you think it's bigger than Doomsday Clock? Yes. What happened to Doomsday <laughs> Clock this time? Except for the fact that we're like, where is Doomsday Clock? Oh, it's, it's, it's just it's not out. Okay. They are preparing the buildup for Doomsday Clock, okay? The longer <laughs> it waits, the bigger the anticipation, and it'll, the payoff will be amazing. Yeah. Can you oh, imagine, yeah. like, the last issue of Doomsday Clock, and it's just, like, basically the ending of uh, Heroes in Crisis, like, that big of a letdown? Can you imagine? <laughs> like, a year goes by, and it's, like, well, the entire like run of Heroes in Crisis. Jeez. Um, I feel like the, at least, like, the bare minimum, um, Hickman writing House of X and Power of Ten is at least as big as when Morrison was writing X-Men. Oh, I definitely think it's... Yeah, it's up there. If, if and, you, and I, is it Power of Ten or Power of X? I, power. I, hear, I hear it's House of X and the Power of Ten. Yeah, like I just read Power of Ten, and it the way they structure that book, it makes okay. it seem like it's meant to be Power of Ten because everything's okay. fine. Yeah, it's because uh, in that one page, like the director's cut, they show ten Omega mutants, so that could be like referencing oh, those. I didn't 10. get the director's cut. Damn. Well, oh. and then and then it's also uh, set like it jumps like, like ten like years, a hundred years, and a thousand. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. So I will stop saying Power of X. So, um, should we start talking about like specifically House of X first, and then go um, to Power? Beforehand, like I, I like I kind of want to preface this where mm-hmm. people have been like, it, like yes, it's probably the biggest X Men story since Morrison. But like I also want to make like this addendum that that's not to say that X Men hasn't been good since like the like that Morrison run. Because I think, think because I okay, go ahead. I was gonna say I think it's more like the transformative nature of this, sure, of like what Um, it means going forward. Because I think like you know Aaron on uh, Jason Aaron on Wolverine the X Men was super good. Uh, You have uh, also around that same time period uh, Rick Remender on Uncanny X Force, which is like killer. Um, Yeah, even like leading up to this, I thought Age of X was like a lot of fun. Um, and it's like unfortunate that I think the discourse about House of X and Power of Ten has kind of diminished the impact of the last um, fifteen years of X Men storylines or eighteen years of storylines, and, oh, and a lot of that I, stuff is is completely valid. But that being said, I don't think an X Men book has hit the mainstream in a way that House and Power have. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Again, like I talked to my brother the other day, we were going through stuff, which I'll share his theory on everything. But what he was saying is like the way that House, especially House, sets up, it ignores kind of 
everything since Genosa, Genosha, in a way. Like, almost all the other stuff yeah, that has happened to Yeah, it never mentions is, Genosha. Yeah, it, well, it mentions it, like, at one point, but basically anything like the between... First book. Yeah. yeah, anything between Genosha and now is kind of not really featured. I think, like, the, I think okay, so, like, and I think this goes into the, the official talk of House and Power, is that we kind of actually don't really know what the timetable of this book is. Um, because, like, I don't know how the end of Uncanny factors into this book, or even how the Age of X ending factors into this book. Uh, House House of uh, House of X number one kind of just drops you in. Um, oh, 100%. And it, helps, and it helps that they have like these yeah. graphics to kind of like ease you into the ideas uh, that they're uh, supplanting into this book. But, you know, like the idea is that Xavier is now like the the you know, him and Magneto are basically running everything on this island of Krakoa that's now become the new nation of mutants. Um, yes, which Krakoa, I'm trying to remember how long ago, so it was I can't remember whose story like way back in the day used it, but the last time I remember hearing about it is when they created Vulcan and like that was where they died, like Vulcan's uh, team. The last time like I heard about Krakoa was that he was the landscape to uh, the Jean Grey school during the Jason Aaron run. But, like, okay. yeah. The the idea is Krakoa is, like, a Stan Lee... I believe Stan Lee... Uh, cr- uh, um, Jack creation. Kirby creation. Because I believe um, it's, like, one of the first missions he sent... Xavier sends the original team. Yeah, and that's... And that's the retcon of Deadly Genesis. Yes. Is, is that, that they're actually the second team? Yes. Oh, and really? So, and, just so ha- and just so happens that Cyclops' dickhead brother, Vulcan, happened to be on that first team. Ah. Uh, is With- Vulcan a dickhead? Oh, Vulcan is a major dickhead. Okay. Major kind of, the Summers are kind of all yes. dickheads. So, yeah, Vulcan is, what is it, Gabriel Summers? Yeah, his name is Gabriel Summers, so, and he goes by Vulcan, bro- brother of brother of Scott and uh, Havoc, Havoc, which I can't remember his name. I think it's Alex. Alex, yes. yeah, you're right. Um, Alex, but- <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if you had a parent and you're like, I name you Scott, Alex, and Gabriel? Well, that's the whole thing. <laughs> he wasn't named by his parents because he's not really born born. Because when Scott and Alex escape and their parents are captured, the mother is pregnant and didn't know it. And so when they're captured by the Shi'ar, they take her and remove Gabriel. And so they name him and in removing him kills the mom. So he's grown in like a Bacta tank. Nice. Like- I, I, I believe you because I know next to nothing about Gabriel. Like, yes, I know that, this is. I- yeah. So this is I'll give a quick backstory because he does play into the one of the books. So he gets running up like a tank to full maturity when he's like one. And then he's made a slave until he finds his gets his mutant powers. Nice. And so each of the summer's brothers powers work is like Scott's is like solar energy. Havoc's is like radioactive energy. And I can't remember where Vulcan's is like cosmic. Yeah. So he runs, uh, he drains energy from, like, the cosmos. That's basically yeah. why he was, like, 
He's the he most was basically powerful. yeah. He was the strongest one. Yeah. So he like is he's like the mutant power cosmic. And oh, cool. So that's why he eventually becomes king of the Shi'ar Empire, and then that has to do with what the um the War of the Kings story. And basically it ties in. So at some point he escapes Shi'ar when he was a slave, comes to Earth. Xavier finds him and makes the his original original team, their retcon, where it's him, um, Darwin, and then some other character who doesn't matter. She has rock powers. And he sends them to Krakoa and they get the shit kicked out of them where they're actually dying and the rock chick sacrifices herself and puts them in like a meteor and shoots them into space and Vulcans appear they think he's the only one that survived but also Darwin survived and that's where those two characters come from okay is that like, it's basically if you know who the century is they basically did the exact same idea but with a pair of X-Men nice okay yeah so in like this time like in this world then Xavier goes oh shit well let me go get his older brother and now make a new team <laughs> with, like a more, with like a handful more people well it's good to know that uh, Scott Summers isn't the only asshole on the team no, he's like I guess in my mind, like Scott's like the Boy Scout, Havoc is like a surfer bro, and then Vulcan is like the biggest like frat boy douchebag you can think oh, of. Love and hate it. So but Scott did nothing wrong. Well that's something uh, like just kind I of mean, I mean Scott did something wrong when he left his wife and child to go meet up with his ex who just came back from life well that's that's like relations and stuff i mean like in general to like which which wife and child is it the Um, one that he actually had or is it the one that sinister cloned or was it another clone scott left madeline Pryor and nathan christopher ascani summers in uh, anchorage when he heard that gene gray came back to life and left them to go hook back up with gene Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's why Madeline, and that's why Madeline Pryor becomes the Goblin Queen. Oh God! Um, Which so let's. <laughs> I, I do love the Goblin Queen. <laughs> so let's go back to House. So I do love the director's cut that it has all these notes and kind of like if like someone like me who hasn't been reading Marvel in forever, I kind of can catch up well. Mm-hmm. Um, when did the director's cut come out? I think it's the same time. It was just if you'd had like if you got one of the alternate covers of the uh, hard copy, or if you got the digital, all the digital ones were the director's cut. I can okay. post the director's cut in the group chat if anyone wants like take a read at it. Yeah, yeah I just mostly, like to see what I missed, honestly. You know? It's mostly like his side notes explaining like where certain characters are. So like when they're like, oh, we have like so I think like the humans have one Omega Mutant. And then all the yes. all the rest are with Yeah, Franklin. And then all the rest are on Krakoa. And then like two of them are like MIA and no one knows where they are. <laughs> it's funny about Franklin. It, it, <laughs> it, it was funny it, when they are, referred to Franklin. Are the two MIA ones uh Braddock and uh I, I, I assume I Braddock remember. is one of them. I don't remember. I know Legion is on Krakoa. It was uh, Bennett to Paris and Jamie Braddock. They were uh, missing. Oh, oh, Jamie Braddock. Which, which, okay. So, which is why I think you know the idea that what is happening is literal because you have a reality warper who is MIA. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And like there is a lot of things that are confusing though, because it's like, why are some of them wearing these weird costumes? And like I want Xavier show his face. Yeah. Yeah, Xavier looks like the maker. Yeah, yeah I thought that I thought that I when I read too. it. I thought like I thought like the maker came back and he was just like creating X-Men to like fight the it was I had this weird theory when I first saw like the the book. But uh, uh the weird thing is um, he's wearing a cerebro for- helmet, but he still has to use his hands to read people's mind. It's like oh. weird for me. Yeah, that is a good well, point. I didn't t- catch that. I mean, yeah. By the way, if people don't know what the maker is, uh, the maker is Ultimate Reed Richards from the uh, you know Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, who lost his mind and became a bad guy and started calling himself the Maker. That was such a good. That was a good storyline of like the Maker coming in. Yeah, I I, I really like the Maker. Um, I know that some people really don't like what he kind of represents, but. I don't oh. know much about him. I like the idea of the hero swap to villain. That's always kind of a cool thing for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Like, what's the big deal behind him, then? What, what is it that people don't like? Uh, I mean, he's also, like, at a point in Ultimates comics that are not seen as good. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, if you look at, uh, I'm not sure what page it is, but in the director cut, they had, like, a list of all the Omega Mutants and, like, their alliances. And if you look down at, like, Franklin Richards, it's just in bold red, uh, <laughs> human alliance. He's, like, still, like, seven years old, I think, at the time. So he's just still pl- living with his parents. There was a, in that book, there was a funny note when, like, Cyclops meets the Fantastic Four, and he's like, Hey! You guys can just leave, but tell your son I said hi and just like walks yeah. away. We're coming. <laughs> oh man. Um sorry, I missed that for a second. Did you talk about the the ambassadors coming and Magneto's response to them? No, yeah. but so so yeah, so like the entire issue is basically set around Magneto meeting these ambassadors to Krakoa, which is now the new um, mutant homeland, um, and basically every mutant has, you know, been welcomed as a, you know a haven of like this new mutant, uh, you know, society. Uh, and it's based around Kokoa, and and like they set up like very early on that the reason that they're able to do this is that the flowers of Kokoa uh, have two properties. Like one of them is you know, you plant them and they and they build like a, a warp station that will allow people with the mutant gene to enter onto the island of Krakoa. Uh, and the other property of the flowers of Krakoa is that it heals any human uh, ailment. Uh, yeah, well, they said like they came, the mutants came out with three pills. Three, so yeah. One pill cures any and all mental deformities or issues you would have. I, I don't know what the right wording is. Uh, I have it right. I have it pulled up. I'm like reading through the director's cut. There was three drugs. It was the human drug L, I, and M. Uh, the L drug was a flower that produces a drug that extends the human life by like five years. The drug I was it's a universal antibiotic, a super drug for humans. And then the drug M was the one that cures all diseases of the mind. 
Yes. And like also Xavier with the flowers of, of like these new like uh flowers of Kakoa like bought out all the major uh pharmaceutical companies. Yep. Yeah, like he, he makes a company. Yeah, he makes them he I think he said yeah, they he bought out a bunch of them and basically just like the entire infrastructure of like the health system is just null and void now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh but by yeah, the way. but they will only give out the they give out the drugs if to certain to any to countries that um, acknowledge them. Yeah, acknowledge their like sovereignty. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So like these these diplomats from all these other com- uh, countries uh, show up on the island Kokoa with Magneto as basically like their guide. Uh, and Magneto and a cuckoo. Yeah, one of the shepherds. Yeah, which is interesting because they also mentioned that it is currently staffed by, but it will in the future be staffed by other mutants. But all of the cuckoos are who are staffing Krakoa, because there's only are, three of them. No, 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 no. At one point, I can't remember when it was when I can't. One of them turned on them, and there were two. But what they ended up finding out is that they are actually all clones of Emma Frost. And Sinister made like a hundred of them. Oh, wow. Uh, Well, I backups for backups. Well, like the idea of the cuckoos being clones of Emma Frost, I thought was like a longstanding thing. Yes, Um, it was like a confirmed thing. But I think like the idea that Sinister had like a hundred of them is is a new idea. Yeah, I, I can't remember when it was. It was around the time... Of Messiah uh, Complex, because okay, the Stepfords are a, a Morrison creation, I believe. Yes, I think it was around the time when there was when they were trying to find Hope when she was an infant. Okay, because it was one of the things they found out because it was Sinister was running the Marauders. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I think that is when somebody like quote unquote killed him at the time. Uh, I think it was when Rogue like absorbed like an entire population or something like that. <laughs> and, and Rogue so, hungry. <laughs> yeah, so like Rogue feed. Yeah, and I think like so then that, that's how he got like Mystique and Gambit to work for him. There was a uh, a book during like AVX. There was a tie-in of Sinister, and it was basically showing his country that he took over at the center of the Earth after he killed all the. I think it was the mole people. And uh, basically, yeah, uh, basically, he basically cloned all of the X-Men and had different, like, different purposes. Like, he had, like, 20 Cyclopses hooked up to a machine for a giant energy cannon, as well as, like, a pack of Wolverines as, like, his hunting dogs. So it wouldn't be, like, that far of a stretch if he just had, like, just Emma Frosts just, yeah. like, run, roaming around. Well, that actually ties into, which we'll get to when we talk about Power of Ten, like, Sinister and cloning like that is a very big part of Power of Ten. Yeah. But, yeah. But first, before we like, let's finish House of X. Like, the big thing is at the end is basically he's just, like Magneto's like, yeah, this is as far as we're gonna show you, and like starts talking, and they're like, oh, what do you mean? It's like, oh, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to her. Yeah. And then she's basically like, yeah, I've been reading all of your minds, and this guy can't do this, and this guy brought a gun, and Magneto just like lets out a sigh. He's like, it's your protection, and Magneto's like, from what? Like, what did you think you were gonna do with a yeah, gun? We're gonna hurt you. You're talking to Magneto. Yeah. And then I love that, like, Magneto gives this whole grand speech and basically is like, you guys don't get it. We won already. And yeah. 
Like, well, <laughs> like, well, okay, have, so like, oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, so there are like two other major points in this book, even like leading up to this. Like, there's one with, um, well, yeah, there's the side story with, with Mystique, Toad, and Sabertooth. Yeah, where which they're like in like some building trying to steal something, and they try to escape. Uh, the Fantastic Four show up. Yeah. Oh, they're what it is? They're in a building that holds all the patents. And when Reed and Tony were both presumed dead or something like that, the U.S. Yeah, seized all their pa- all their patents. And oh, so nice. that is where they were breaking into whatever facility held the data of stuff that Reed and Tony Stark have invented. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they're escaping with some uh, stuff, and Mystique, Toad leave, uh, Sabretooth gets captured by the Fantastic Four, uh, Cyclops shows up, basically is like, hey, Cycl- or, you know, Sabretooth has diplomatic immunity, because all mutants have diplomatic immunity now. Uh, the Fantastic Four are like, yeah, no, he's killed some people, we're gonna keep him. And Cyclops, yeah. like, he's like, okay, you know, keep Sabretooth. By the way, Hey Reed, uh, hopefully we see your son at some point. You know, hopefully yeah. he's welcome to the island of Krakoa. Yeah, you know, he, he yeah. <laughs> it's actually Franklin like, Richards is a mutant. Yeah, he's basically like, oh, how's Franklin doing? And like him and um and Susan are like taken aback. It's like just you know, let him know that whenever he's ready, he has another family here that understand yeah. him. And they're just like, like oh, oh, oh. yeah. Uh, and then the other part is a space station that is also funded by shield and sword and hammer and aim and every, Hydra. Every uh, secret, like, clandestine organization in the world. Yeah, uh, I thought Alpha, AIM was Alpha bad, Flight. but I uh, got, yes. at this point, AIM, I don't know anymore. AIM, AIM is, is bad. AIM, no, AIM is actually good, because AIM, for a while, was run by... Uh, Modok? Uh, sun, sunspot. Oh, okay. But I think um, there's Hydra agents that are part of it too, isn't there? Yeah, which which are definitely the bad. Um, yeah. But I think, but, is one of the people, Cassandra, I always forget her last name, like the weird sibling of Xavier? Cassandra Nova? It looked like her. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I actually forgot uh, House and Power at my work. Um, yeah, I don't and have so them with me either. Ryan, if you have it, can you flip to those pages and see if they... Um, uh, what, in Powers of Axe or House? House. It's when they're like the space part, because I feel like one of them looks like Cassandra Nova. Oh yeah, I have it right here. I was actually like, re- I was rereading through everything on my phone. Let me just pull that page back up. But yeah, that was the one part of the book that like I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, So if you can enlighten me, John, that would be amazing. I actually don't either. Like, I kind of feel like they were just kind of out in space, and they were talking about, uh, you know, like, hey, stuff's kind of like messed up right now, and I kind of completely like forgot about. It. But like, also, uh, the idea that with uh, the Fantastic Four part of the book, they reintroduced the idea of damage control as being an organization that also holds, uh things like artifacts from past superheroes that could be considered dangerous in the hands of people. And so they yeah. list out like the things that damage control like has currently in their stock. And it's like a bunch of like Iron Man costumes. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. That's like, who they were robbing. Yeah. And, how, and uh, when, I, I have the page up from the director's cut. 
It was, uh, it was the the facility was built out of like a celestial head, it, but it was a uh, it was combined with the efforts of aim, shield, strike, sword, alpha flight, hammer, armor, and hydra. Oh, see, I thought that was like Galactus's head or something. No, it's, it's uh, basically, I thought it was Master Mold for a second. Which is funny because doesn't that tie into stuff in the Power of Ten Master Mold? But I'm trying to think. So House of X, um, how does I'm trying to think of how it it ends with uh, Magneto's speech, which the yeah, guy is basically like, "Do you know what you sound like?" And he's like, "Yeah, God." But do you know what the guy is actually referencing? No. Uh, that he sounds like Hitler. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. He does sound and he's of got all characters, it's Mag- yeah, it's all it's Magneto saying it. The character but, who's most tied to the Holocaust. Yeah. But, but here, okay, so here's the thing, though, and I, I feel like this is, like, a big, massive discourse within um, comics Twitter right now, is that the idea that you look at the X-Men and how they position themselves um, within Krakoa, and, like, the idea is, like, well, we're just taking what we're owed, and people view that as a villainous thing. And I'm like, well, like, look at, like, the last Forty years of like X Men, um, like like storylines. You know, it's like they're killed and murdered and beaten and whatever because of like not you know not of the power they possess, but of like who they are because of like you know like the prejudices, uh, the uh, uh, predecessors, successors. Uh, no, uh, the prejudices, prejudices uh, of like who they are because of the mutant exogene. And it's just like, well, like they're, it's just like they're just finding their own place, and they're basically asserting their dominance. And I don't oh. necessarily think that they. I think they're, it's a little villainous, but they're at least kind of like, well, maybe this is what we have to do now. Uh, two things. One, John, you're right. They are in the head of Master Mold, not a Celestial. The. Hey. All right. Yeah. The character who I thought looked like Cassandra is Omega Sentinel. Because mm. they have they gave her like the shaved head thing. And one of the things I wanted to point out before I move on, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's actually like the first one, of the first pages of it. Um, and uh, this is where like my brother's theory, I think, has which I'll get into in a second. Um, it's the first page has like these weird pods under a tree. Xavier with his helmet, people busting out of those pods. The first like two, some, like some Matrix pods, yes, um, are a redheaded woman and then a brunette man. The man picks his head up and his eyes are glowing red. Yeah, I and thought that then, was sinister as well. And then Xavier like touches his like under his chin and then says to me, "My X Men." And this is where like are some of these people clones? And there's. Uh- in the panel, there is like a ton of these pots. Okay, so it's a red-headed woman and a a brown-headed guy with it's definitely glowing red eyes. It's even Cyclops. So, is the reveal is, is like is the guy that people think is Xavier underneath his hood or like this helmet actually fucking Sinister. Mr. Sinister? Which then then goes into the power of 10. 
Exactly. Because the power of 10 leads like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Because Sinister, um, if you haven't read the director's cut of that, a lot hey. of the information about everything is that. Um, they use his. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, are you talking about like those interpanels that show that's talk about like yes. betrayal and everything? Okay. Yeah. I did get that. Yeah. That's the director's cut stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, so I did get all that. Um, in one of those panels, so power of 10 works where what's it like year one, year 100, year 1000. So year one is like Xavier, no, walking. It's, it's year zero, year zero. 10, year 100, year 1000. Okay, so year zero is Xavier at a school and like some woman walks up to him, then it's like Moira. Moira, okay, and then year 10 is the original team, I think, right. Uh, yes, that's the, it's kind of like where House of X is. Yeah. At least that's what I take from the situation. Year 100 is the weird kind of um, days of future past future that we see where we see the Rasputin. We see the red Nightcrawler character mm-hmm. and like, Crimson. Crimson, Crimson. And there's like two other ones. And then year 1000 is uh, and we also see in year 100 what Nimrod. Uh yeah, Nimrod, who's a lot different than a lot the, different the, the, the other Nimrods we've seen. Yeah, and then in year one thousand, we have like Nimrod, who's like a ghost from uh, Destiny, what do you call Destiny yeah. looking thing with like a blue hair, like a blue blunt, like mutant alien robot thing. Mm-hmm. And so what they explain is that the year one hundred, so the mutants that we see. Um, the Nightcrawler-looking guy and the Rasputin are part of a genetic program that the mutants created. Um, so the mutants only live at that point in two places. Not which just is, the mutants have created. Sinister created. Sinister created. But yeah. he's working with the mutants. And there was four gener. I think they said four generations. Yes. So generation one was like, okay, but they didn't really do a lot. And they combined powers of people. Generation two is like the ones that we see and they're like the ones that like worked really well. But then every once in a while, there's like ones that literally have like no ability to fight. Like they just won't, which is where we get the crimson guy who like just won't fight. And then three was kind of similar, but better. And then the fourth gen he had planned and they're just basically completely useless. And then they actually like commit mass suicide and take out like what they say, like 80% of the mutant population. Yeah. Yeah, they they blow up New Krakoa. Yeah, and then they and then he flips sides at some point and creates the hounds for the human. I don't was it because there's three sides: it's the mutants, the there's, humans, and robots. Yeah, and so he creates the hounds breeding program, and then the humans like basically William Wallace him. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> they they pull him apart. Which like, do you guys know about the hounds? Yes, that's like an uh, old school sinister thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's an old school like Ahab thing because mm-hmm. Ahab, Ahab had like the hounds uh, that would like search for mutants and like they were kill like them. mutants bred to hunt mutants. Yeah, that, so the hounds we, of Ahab. Yeah, so we see one in the issue, which is the girl who gets then put in the bath. <laughs> like I don't know, she gets like downloaded and put on ice yeah well mm-hmm. yeah downloaded is a good way of putting it 
Because yeah, then it, she pops back up in the thousand year. Yeah, but as like a yeah, mold or whatever. But yeah, like, I don't know, the, the power of X thing is like so all over the place and confusing, but it leads uh, more to so like... The the, power, so the power of X also starts off with like Moira, Moira and Metagart like meeting Xavier on a park bench and Xavier not knowing who she is but Moira knowing everything about him. And then, like, that goes, you know, like, uh, like, that, 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 sh- that shit is, like, wild. Because I'm also, like, halfway into, like, the current uh, issue of uh, House of X that comes out tomorrow. And, like, this, I think, is going to be a series that, like, as you read the newest issue, you're going to, like, go back to the past issues and reread them and just be like, oh, like, this is what they were referencing, or, like, this is what they were getting at. Uh, so I think, like, a lot of people whose trepidation about, like, this comic, where they're, like, sowing these seeds of, of ideas, and you're not really sure where they're gonna go, um, or they just come out of nowhere, like, are actually things that are being built Oh. To greater ideas. Oh, and 100%. That's where I think, like, Morrison comparisons are very good here. Because it is, especially with Power of Ten, like, it is super weird. It's all over the place. But I do think it's all going to come back and connect. Because like you said, it definitely seems like Moira, because I'm, like, looking through the issue. And she's like, why don't you just read my mind? And then you'll see. And then he reads and he's like, oh, shit. Oh, like, his eyes are it. like... Yeah, but it's like, she is not the real... Either she's not the real Moira, or her mind is not that era Moira. She's from the future or something. Or or is she? Yes. She's doing that Days of Future Past thing where uh, Kitty Pride sends her brain back in time or whatever. Yeah, the one thing we do get, as I'm looking, is this is where we get the conclusion to the Mystique Toad thing from yeah, the House got, of X. Yeah, they stole a sweet-ass uh, USB. USB That's drive. Yeah, and they walk and they hand it to Magneto, and he's like, you can have, she's like, you can have this, but like, you got to give me stuff. And he's like, yeah, well, she's like, I have other demands. And then Xavier walks in and he's like, what about helping your fellow mutant? Isn't that enough reward? And she's like, no, and I have then, demands. And he's yeah. like, oh, I see. That's fine. But we also have further demands. And she's like, really? And then he just like telekinetically rips the, the USB from her. He's like, yep. Yep. And then he puts it inside of a flower. Yeah, and but then he also his words after at the end because she basically throws his words back. And it's like, isn't helping your fellow mutant? He's like, we're building a better world, and everyone who would live in it owes something. Yeah, and they That's, like the something is bold, so it's definitely very like, ominous. This, yeah. The thing that I noticed, like, when did Xavier become telekinetic? He's always been telekinetic. Just he's been like very shitty at it. I feel like him and Gene are like the flip flop of each other. Like, I he's never. Hmm. I feel like it's always like he's always had some telekinetic abilities, but not much. I, I, I thought he was just like a telepath, like just the, the strongest telepath. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's I I think it's like if you're a telepath, you can also read people's minds. Well, I think he means like being able to pull the I, the USB, the telekinetic part. Yeah, like telekinesis. Um, I feel like um, he's always had that. He it's just been not his strong suit. Yeah, I mean, you would think he would make himself walk or like do something else. This is like the first time I've ever seen him like pull something with his mind. I read a lot of X Men. 
Hmm. I don't remember. I always thought it was just part of his thing. I'm gonna like. I'm looking at like the Marvel database to see what they say mm-hmm. his power set is. Because I th- I could have sworn it was only like telepathy. Uh, yeah, no, I, as far as I can see, I just always imagined he was the type of dude who just didn't use it because he didn't need it. Well, he's in a wheelchair. You would, <laughs> you would think he would, like, grab something. Yeah, but he could also get, like, a walking machine from Tony Stark. Maybe he just likes people, like, waiting on him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, it's just, like, maybe he's one of those guys who's always late to events and he just needed to finally have an excuse for it. I don't know, he could have walked like 10 feet to get that USB drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's walking now, you think he would use it. Well, hey, I'm, you trying, know. Like, I'm flipping through it, so in the future we see, I think, we see one hound and three of those mutants. One of them is dead, and he resembles, I can't remember, that could heal people. I can't remember what his name is. He was, Whoa, like, there are ma- there are amalgams of characters, but the one that's dead is like one of the new mutants, like the healer one. And then the one is they call a Rasputin, and she has like the power sets of, uh, she has the steel skin of Colossus. Colossus. And she, she definitely has the teleporting, and she has like the sword of magic. Yeah, and there's the- like a like one of the um, a Hickman like info dump pages has like a um, an genetic breakdown. Of- yeah, genetic breakdown of like what uh, makes up that character. Yeah, so the Rasputin one, it's it's like Rasputin, Bane, Pride, and Kinney, and Choir. And I don't know who Choir, Bane, and Kinney are offhand. Uh, Laura Kinney, X twenty three. Oh no way! So she has a uh, healing factor. She can move through walls. She has the steel skin. Who's Bane and Choir? Uh, Quentin Choir. Um, uh, Kid Omega. Uh, okay. He he's um, Quentin Choir. He's like the pink-haired kid who is also like an Omega-level uh, uh, telepath, like Jean Grey. Um. Okay, so she's a telepath. Who the fuck is Bane? B A N E, B A I N, Bane. And it says like, so under power it says F O F L D. So choir it says Telly, Rasputin it says uh, Oh Metallum. Uh, uh, I wish I had that book on me. I'm sorry. <sighs> it, oh, it's uh Udacy Untouchable. Basically, he can create force fields around him. Oh, okay. Uh, that Eunice, makes sense because we see her do that. Yeah, Eunice is like uh, very like first uh, first member of the uh, Brotherhood of Mutants. Uh, oh. He actually dies within like the first couple issues of of X Men because like he creates like the force field around him and he like. Kills he accidentally kills himself. Oh wow! Yeah, because the other guy here we don't get the profile on, but he's obviously he's a teleporter and he looks like Nightcrawler except he's red. Like um, I can't remember Nightcrawler's father's name. Uh, Azrael. Yeah. Azrael. 
Um, but like, yeah, it says I'm looking at it now. Like, so Sinister had a breeding program, and there were failure rates. Um, every generation, mutant chim- uh, chimeras had outliers. So the first gen had 0.3, the second gen had 1.2, the third had 9.4, and the fourth one was 62.3%. And the passives, which were like had peacetime power sense sets, uh, were they're called the cardinal. Okay. And, and the quote in here is the nature of that man's sinister reaches far beyond any hope of redemption. There can be no salvation for the devil himself. And the sinister was publicly executed by the man-machine supremacy after defecting. And then that's when we see, so we have like Nimrod and the the Whoops. red woman who are like, she looks like she's an Omega Sentinel to some, to some degree. She has similar designs. And this Nimrod, I don't, how do you just, he's like childlike, isn't he? Uh, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm like I, ha- I'm sorry I have to do this to you, but you know it is how it is. It. Yeah, this is war. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, it's, it's almost like he's like I'm sorry that the other versions of me were so shitty. They shouldn't have bred you for this. Like, it's real weird. And then the humans are like subservient to them. Yeah, he's like an apologetic teenager who can't um really disobey his parents. Mm-hmm. Because it's him, yeah. And then there's like a female cyborg person yeah That's what, i, I don't think know she's she's she very much like omega omega sentinel where she has like cybernetic arms but like her head and body look human uh, and then, like, yeah, they, like spiral yes and but which like her, by, which by the way if like all this stuff is like happening with the x-men and like all this other stuff like what is also happening i assume in the mojo verse mm-hmm because I, I can't imagine you have like this big X-Men storyline and not involve Mojo in any way. Well, it's still like issue one. There's still time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, totally. I, I'm just saying that as like, hey, like, don't forget about that, that fat horror show. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, in the powers of X, the other thing we learned so that there's only mutants live on two places left. It's um, the I don't know what you would call the they live either in the Shi'ar Empire as basically slave breeding stock to become which, which is like really fucked because like you know you'd like to think that the Shi'ar and the, and the mutants have like a good rapport yeah it's like they explain it really weird because they're basically bred to be warriors it's kind of like no they're uh they're like they're bred to be warrior guardsmen, basically. Yes. So they're like, think of like Spartans, just, just Spartans, just with mutants. Yeah. So you're like, like an X-Men to be what Gladiator was. Yeah. To the Shi'ar. Um, but there's also part of it where they think that, um, if the Shi'ar conquered the Soul System, that's why they've been keeping the mutants to kind of let them use them to kind of, um be okay to conquer it and then there'll be like better things but then the other place they live which is is saying a lot which is asteroid k mm-hmm. and they have a population of eight which we see six so we see the rasputin the nightcrawler dude and then four other characters which appear to be wolverine who's old and gruff 
uh, a Magneto in a green costume. And then I don't know who these other two are. Yeah, I didn't know who Groot was either. Yeah, there's like a tree guy that looks like Groot, but they're saying he's a mutant. And then the other one looks like a Um, DC character called Hellspont. uh, The idea that the tree person might be Black Tom Cassidy. Oh, no, that oh makes sense. man, that's that's really cool. That's interesting. I didn't even the, think uh, of that. There were three. <laughs> uh, there were three places where the mutants were. Uh, there was uh, Benev- Benevolence, uh, Chandelar, and Asteroid K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the two are part of the Shi'ar Empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the one, so no, but none of us know who like the Ghost Rider guy is, right? Nope. Are you they, in is it House looking, or, or Powers? Yeah, I'm looking at Powers right now. Powers of 10. It is on page... If someone wants to also point, uh, print up that page, like that'd be great, because again, sorry, I forgot my, my comic at work. Yeah, I'll pull up a screenshot. Let me just find Here the page. So there's like that weird kind of magic-y ghostwriter looking dude. That's what I was saying. He looks like Hellspawn from DC. Like, I don't know what else oh, he... That's, uh, that's Zorn. Oh my god. Are they... Really? I mean, that's Zorn's helmet. Is it? Who uh, is he? I mean, like... It depends uh, on which... I, I, which I, think it look, I think it looks like Zorn. Zorn's like a really weird character because it's a Morrison creation that then got turned ah. into something else. Because he's oh. originally Magneto, but then there was like two other Zorns that were twins. Okay. So yeah, so <laughs> Zorn, there's Zorn. Oh, Zorn. And it's like, All right. and then it's revealed that Zorn is actually Magneto. Okay. And then Magneto goes crazy, kills a bunch of people, Magneto dies. Uh, and then it's revealed that Zorn, uh, Kwai Yen, was actually Magneto and died. Like, pretend to be Magneto and died. And then uh, Shen Zorn shows up, and that's the twin brother of Kwai Yen. And they're psychics, I think? So he, like, projected Magneto's visage on him? Uh, uh, Something like that. Because uh, the, 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 the second so and third one are not Morrison guys. Because Quan Yen has, like, his mutant ability, he has a sun in his head. Okay. Uh, he has healing powers, uh, teleportation, gravity manipulation, telepathy, uh, can cause, like, a, a sun to turn into a black hole. That's his powers. And then Shen Zorn, his brother, who's like currently like kind of like kicking about in the current Marvel U, uh, he has a black hole in his head, uh, has healing powers, teleportation, gravity manipulation, telepathy, uh, basically like everything his, his brother has, except for instead of a sun, it's a black hole. And he's a bad guy, I think, right? I think Shenzorn is currently a good guy. Okay. The first one was a bad guy, for sure, yeah. though. Quan, Lin, Quan Yin is a bad guy. <laughs> Shenzorn yeah. is a good guy. And again, so this all started with Morrison's New Mutants run, and it was Magneto. And then yeah. I can't remember who took it over, turned it into this other thing. Like, like yeah, you're liter- right, that looks like the mask. Like, literally, uh, 
Morrison wrote that Shenzo or that the Quan Yin Zorn was actually Magneto. Magneto destroys the bridge, like that big, like kind of famous moment, dies, and then within like six weeks, like Marvel retconned it to where Magneto actually like wasn't that guy. And that was mm-hmm. in fact because uh, they didn't actual... want to have Magneto dead, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which was like, I mean, of all of like the Grant Morrison retcons to happen to his long running runs, like his run on X Men is the quickest. Oh yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. It does look like the same mask, which would be real interesting if it's Zorn. I mean, I like how? I mean, like, what's the shelf life of a guy who has a black hole in his head? <laughs> but I mean, Zorn has like or literally. Could he have Ghost Rider in him? Because, like, why does he have, like, a Ghost Rider head? I don't know. From what it looks like, uh, that blue flame looks like, like, Franklin Richards is, like, power cosmic. Like, if you ever read, like, uh, Franklin Richards' book, you you would see, like, that that blue, like, ghastly flame, like, around him. Interesting. Maybe it's Franklin wearing a helmet. Which, by the way, like, I mean, like, I don't think that they would drop Franklin Franklin for nothing. Yeah, that that Omega list, and then have, like, that entire interaction with the Fantastic Four for nothing. Um, oh, I have the panel on my phone I could read of, like, when Scott's talking to, uh, it's, he's talking directly to, um, Susan, and it is awesome, because she basically goes from house, like, she goes, like, this amnesty, the other things Xavier's doing, what are all of you thinking? And he's basically responds, my family has spent our entire lives being hunted and hated. The world has told me that I was less uh, less when I knew I was more. Did you honestly think that we were going to sit around forever and just take it? And then Susan's like, um, of course not, but... And he just responds, it's really very simple, Susan. I believe in what Charles Xavier's doing. Please greet your son for me and tell him that he has... That when he's ready, he has a f- he has family in Krakoa waiting for him. And just, <laughs> such a like backhanded comment. I love it. Yeah, but it's also to like tell them it's like yeah, we know about Franklin. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows about Franklin, but he's actually one of us. No matter what you think or try to perpetuate, he's not like a- the power cosmic like you guys. He's he's one of us. Well, he's like God. Like he's past Omega. He's like God level mutant. Because yeah. yeah, we we talked about it in the chat last week. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. And we just like, have to uh, create whole realities. That's he the whole is the last thing. surviving being out of the universe after it ends. Uh, as he... Yeah, oh, that actually reminds me, if you read, because it came out the same day as House of X, is um, the first issue of History of the Marvel Universe. Okay. Uh, it is Galactus telling Franklin the history of the Marvel Universe. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm Trey waiting for that. By the way, it was I loved it. It ends the first issue ends with kind of the Wolverine origins. Cool. And it goes to the entire thing. I was like, oh, this makes so like especially if you would like for like some of the new movie stuff coming out. Like we joked about um, the Eternals. I'm like, oh, I actually know who the Eternals are now. Oh, really? That's kind of cool. Okay, I'll, oh, so, I'll check that out when I get a... Yeah, get a so I have a list of the things that were in the place that Sabretooth, Mystique, and Toad were stealing. So they have Soul's Anvil, Soul's Hammer, The Bridge, 
Mark, uh, Iron Man Mark 5, 6, 7, 8, Rescue Mark 1 and 2, Anti-Proton Sling, and Multiversal Beacon. What do they need that weird shit for? And specifically, they have highlighted the Soul ha- Souls Hammer. S-O-L-S Hammer. Like, Souls, like, Hammer. So I don't know what that item is. And then I'm trying to find the list they have of, like, the Omega Mutants. Oh, here they are. That's on, yeah, that's on the other yeah. one. So, Jamie Brodock is none. Robert Drake Iceman is Krakoa. Joshua Foley, who's Elixir, that's who I was thinking of. Elixir's which the I, one. Which I didn't know Elixir was still alive. I thought Elixir was still dead. Yeah. So, Elixir is the one I was thinking of. That other mutant that we saw that was dead it looks like Elixir. He's Krakoa. Jean Grey, Marvel Girls Krakoa. David Heller, oh, he's Legion. He's unknown. Uh, Eric Lencher, Magneto, Krakoa, Kevin McTaggart, Proteus. Okay, so that's why I got mixed up. So one of Professor X's bastards is on Krakoa, and the other one is not. Um, Absalon Mercator, Mr. M, is unknown. I don't know who that is. That... Is that Mr. um, Molecule? No. There was another character. uh, I thought he... It may be I may be thinking of someone else, but he had like reality warping abilities as well. But it was only on things he was able to touch. So he was like, uh, "Is that the reality warper one that you're reading?" Because if I may be off, then if that's not no, the right one, uh, it says matter manipulation. Yeah, he's it, like it, a he's like yeah, a, he, a more lame version of uh, Mad Jim Jaspers. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, Mad Jim. Uh, Storm is on Krakoa. Uh, Exodus is they don't know. Uh, Kid Omega's Krakoa. Franklin Richards, which I love his is like reality manipula- manipulation universal. Yeah, they know. <laughs> well, they have like uh, Jamie Braddock as reality man- manipulation quantum, and Proteus is reality manipulation sonic. And he's like the he's usually a villain, which is interesting that he's on Krakoa. And but then, what's the? I I feel like what's the difference between Sonic? Well, Psionic. Psionic. Sonic. What's the difference and, between Sonic the Hedgehog and Shadow? I guess Psionic. I guess I don't know because I always thought Proteus can like reshape the world, but I guess it's like how he's doing. He's doing it like with psychic abilities as opposed to like uh, Jamie Braddock's like quantum power set or Franklin's like universal. Well, I don't like, know. You, I feel like universal because it's using the word universal. It's like much greater, but like you, like, I, I don't know like what the step below. I feel like Franklin uses the power cosmic to change reality. I don't know. And then the other two Omega levels are Gabriel summers. It's just energy. I didn't know that they counted Vulcan as uh, an Omega level. And then hope summers is also on Krakoa. So nice that she gets a shout out. Well, if they wanted to just like deal with Franklin, just send out Hope, just put her like within like thirty feet, and there, there you go. You got another one. Yeah. So. She, yeah. And I, then. I, I, no, go ahead. I, oh no! It's it's like really funny because it's like talking about like reality warpers and stuff. I feel because I like not to side tangent, but I recently just ended my walk or my watch through of. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Win. Ooh, like, <laughs> I would love to. T- I would love to and, talk about that. 
and, and like the villain and the the, the 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 episodes are already like so far so like we'll probably save it for later yeah but like the the idea of people who manipulate time and so it's just like so when you're talking about um universal or psionic i'm thinking i'm like okay i'm thinking of like time like time manipulators i'm like okay are they a dio are they a uh kira are they a uh yeah. king king crimson <laughs> or epitaph so, well epi- well epitaph doesn't have time travel powers it's king crimson who has time travel powers yeah but go uh, ahead i'm sorry no sorry no i just wanted to add a single small meme in that you please take it away yeah, I, I mean that's all I kind of like wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're in JoJo brain like the rest of us. We're all waiting for part six. Yeah, we're just like about two years away. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we got Fire Force. Uh, that'll that'll keep me occupied for the time being. I have a theory on uh like the whole X like run. I thought it was more like Mister Sinister like taking over Xavier and like feeling bad at what he's done the mutants and just like trying to help him out because it kind of like makes sense at that at the what is it powers of X like the blue guy at the very end who they don't really refer to like I kind of have a feeling that he's like Sinister just basically evolved to the end of his like mm-hmm. at the end of his step. I think the end of the stage, because the way he like talks, as well as like the monologue that he's doing, like reminds me of Mister Sinister like a lot. Yeah, there's like something. So, by to get to like I, I put in the chat like before, like my brother's theory was that like all of these mutants that we're seeing, besides like a handful, maybe like Magneto, Mystique, the ones that seem to be kind of more moving on their own, as opposed to. Was it Rachel that was the one bringing that one kid around, or was that Hope? I think it was. It may have been Hope. Um, I I thought that was Jean. Was it Jean? I don't remember. So many redheads in this book. Because at the at the end of uh, House of X, you see that beginning panel of like the beginning of Powers of X, like when he's in that tree with the light and like the two mm-hmm. beings like coming out. At the end of House of X, you see that same panel, but from like a yeah. different point of view. Yeah, it is, it is Jean. It's a Jean, her like '60s costume. But like that goes like my brother was thinking that like these are all Sinister's clones because the ones that we see, especially Jean and Cyclops, in that beginning thing, he has always had an obsession with them, like for forever with those two characters specifically. And for that to be like the first panel to be what appears to be like an Adam and Eve of Jean and Scott would make a lot of sense for Sinister to do. So it would be interesting to see like, oh, it, did Sinister move his mind into Xavier or did he somehow create a Cerebro that allows him to mimic Xavier's um, powers or something to like mimic them? And I think there's a lot of interesting places this can go. I'm really excited for this book. I also really dug like Magneto's monologue, like to the ambassadors. I know we're coming b- bouncing around back to that, but like he's basically like, "It's about time I get to say these words," <laughs> and I was, I, I was, I was like excited for an X Men book again. Yeah, like, I that made that my page, day. Yeah, I have that page pulled up, and he's like, 
Some would be offended at a wolf presenting as a sheep, but I have learned hard lessons from your kind, so I know the truth. You're all wolves. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and, and it's good that you're here, all of you, as you really are. I, so, I mean, like, and that's kind of always been, like, the motivation of, you know, Eric, the man, you know, Magneto the mutant, is that he is a Holocaust survivor. He has seen, you know, one of the absolute worst faces of humanity, and he knows what that worst version of humanity is capable of. So it's like for him to basically be the leader of his own mutant nation, you know, you know, basically leading mutant kind into a new millennia um, and protecting them, you know, against, you know, people who don't have their best interests at heart, you know, him saying, like, you know, we're the new leaders of the Earth is like, you know, hey, ugh. Magneto's got some valid points, yo. Yeah. yeah. I was, it's like, it's very good because, like, this is like the first time that you see, like, Xavier team up with Magneto on something like this, which is very, like, unique and very well deserved and about time because Xavier can only be a pacifist for so much, especially after, uh, Oh man, what was that run when uh, Kitty Pride uh, takes over that like the uh, was it like New Mexico for like the mutants? They have that that tiny pit of land, and they make their own country. Uh, uh that was when Jean Grey was like the bad guy with those two uh, mutants that you said had the sun in the black hole. Like the Jean Zorns. Grey, yeah, the Zorns. They were in there as well. Okay, just so um, when I said like. I had to look up what Soul's Hammer is. Okay, this if this is in play, this is something really interesting. So Soul's Hammer is a uh, Dyson sphere built by Tony Stark. So it's basically like a giant solar panel thing that absorbs the sun's energy and then can turn it into a weapon. The last time it was used, it was used to defend when the Shi'ar attempted to destroy the Earth. It has the power to destroy an entire planet when it's only charged at 2%. <laughs> um, uh-oh. Uh-oh, spaghetti There are several characters who put out solar energy, like a Cyclops, mm-hmm. that could charge this thing on their own. Yep. And use so, that for bad. The I other- thought Cyclops' uh, beam was like a... Like a- like a physical blast. It wasn't like a heat beam, though. It's, it's no, like a concussive blast. Concussive blast? Yeah, it was concussive. energy. I thought his stuff was... Because at some point, when they jump into the future, like, he doesn't even have to eat. He just, like, lives off of, like, absorbing solar energy. Like, well, he I, does I, absorb solar energy, but, like, he doesn't put out solar energy. Like, the idea that his beams that come from his eyes are concussive. Like, they don't... Okay. They're not like a laser. They don't eat away at things. It's basically like, you know, it's like if you're it's if like his light, if his laser like hits you, it's like being hit by a truck. Okay, so it's like a Green Lantern ring, like a construct kind. Yeah, yeah. it's like a hard light. It's like a hard light beam. Um, my other part that I it's like my last thing kind of to like go on is like the kind of opening kind of director's thing that they showed. Um, is that like the kind of explanation of what the Genosian thing actually did and didn't do. And with like the whole, they basically all 
the Genosha did was um kind of give humanity like a couple of more years of supremacy because like the mutant gene had like spread across that much of like the planet at that point. I think that's such a cool little Sh- thing. Sure, yeah. but but you know, from what we've seen of Power of Ten is that uh the Age of Mutant is not too long for that world. No. Because portrays them, somehow Nimrod gets involved and the Sentinels get involved and the island nation of Krakoa like does not survive. No, he destroys it. Uh, which I have like the map thing. So there's 12 places on Krakoa and it is kind of northeast of Australia. Um, it's in like the South Pacific. But like, which, which should be funny, it, you know, like, I mean, it, the X-Men are not uh, strangers to the Australian part of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's the House of X, there's House of M, the Arbor Magna Arena, Academos Habitat Transit, the Oracle, the Grove, the Cradle, the Reservoir, the Wild Hunt, and the Carousel. I have a question. Why didn't I just move to like the Savage Land and just like build a giant shield? Because no one goes to the Savage Land. They would have just stayed hidden for like a few hundred years and no one would have known they were there. I think because planes fall there. They also, it's like, why should they? I think is like the big part of this. Too many dinosaurs also. They gotta deal with Sauron, like messing with them every once in a while. I... I don't like that we live in a world where we can say too many dinosaurs is a problem. Yeah. Well, but they do plant one of the things in the Savage Land because that's one of the panels. Yeah. Yeah, they, they brought that up uh, in the first book. Yeah, I'm looking through. So, like, the first arm we see is Colossus planting a flower. Then we see Storm. Somebody, I think it's Nightcrawler based on the hands. Armor. And then I don't know who this is in the Savage Land. They have pointy ears. Maybe it's Caliban? And then we see Kitty Pride and Lockheed is like planting a flower in DC. And then what appears all, to be a bunch all, all the Krakoa flowers. Yeah, and then the a couple of the cuckoos, it looks like three of them, two or three of them planting them somewhere else. So yeah, I think this is Caliban. He's the only one that kind of fits. It's that first panel in the Savage Land. I don't know who else would look like that. Maybe Beast? But, I don't know. Is there any other things we want to talk about with this? Like, I'm very excited because I have not been excited for a Marvel thing, let alone an X-Men thing in forever. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I, I was never a fan of X-Men, but this is definitely getting me very excited for an X-Men future. Uh, yeah, as someone who is, like, who I feel like is, like, the Marvel guy of the podcast, um, because, I mean, like, I, I feel like I'm the only one that reads Marvel, um, you know, and liking a lot of, like, what Marvel's been doing recently, like, I thought War of Realms was a, a lot of fun, yeah. and... It's definitely, that uh, is something I will pick up eventually. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, another book I picked up, like, basically I picked up, like, two books last week, uh, and one of them was uh, uh, Runaways, which I think is still like one of the best books that's on the market right now. Uh, looking at you know the current landscape of 
of Marvel right now. Like, I'm very excited for, you know, the X-Men books. Like, X-Men is, like, one of my favorite properties. I'm really excited to, you know, hopefully, you know, people are excited now as they are, like, six months from now for the uh, X-Men stuff. So. Well, it's a pretty short run because it's two six-issue miniseries. Yep. So it's really, like, it's, it's 12 books. It's 12 and books, and it's and like every other week. It, yeah, they're trading. So it's basically a three-month-long storyline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the next issue comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Which I'm I have excited. on my desk right now. What? Was it? Yeah. I'm, not worth it? I'm about a quarter through right now. It's pretty buck wild. Okay, like, cool. Uh, <sighs> I guess I gotta pick that up tomorrow. Yeah. All right, so um, I think that kind of just about does it for everything. Um, Dan, so I guess quick round of plugs for everyone. Yeah, sounds good. You want to kick us off, Connor? Sure. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm at um, maybe Connor. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at question Connor. Uh, And I occasionally write words at uh, thelostharrow.wordpress.com. I feel like that's kind of seared into my brain at this point. I can't screw it up anymore, even if I tried. And that's it. So uh, that's where you can find me on the internet. Uh, John? Uh, you can find me at uh, John, J-O-H-N underscore F-N underscore Siler, S-E-I-L-E-R on Twitter, um, where you can see me talk about... Uh, you know, comics and games and uh, like other bullshit. Um, <laughs> I also I'm also like help out on a comics podcast or uh, 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 animation podcast called Legion of Tunes. Not really sure when we'll uh, record next, but uh, there are yeah. definitely plans maybe for that at some point. Yeah, we have to do that soon. <laughs> um. So, oh, by the way, I also forgot like one more thing. Uh, I didn't realize that comic shops were or like Marvel was doing this, but when I picked up my comics today, uh, my comic book guy was like, Oh, hey, I forgot to give you these like last week, and he handed me uh, two seed packets. Uh, oh, I didn't get that, (laughs) and it's like for people who bought uh, the first issues of Power and House of X and they're basically like the seeds of Krakoa. Oh, that's, Oh, I'm really mad. I did not get those. So I'm going to plant them and see if I get, uh, you know, a portal somewhere. Yeah. But they'll only let you through if you're a mutant. Hey, well, you that's, know, that's you round know. two. You got to hope you're a mutant. Yeah. You, you miss the thousand, you know, all the shots you don't take, man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so yeah, the Toon Podcast that I am also in. Check out also on this stream you have Smallville Chronicles, which me and Alan just recorded the next episode today. So that'll be out this week or should already be out. And then depending check on out, when schedules are. Yes. And check out all the other shows. Uh we've been covering Legion, which is one of the craziest <laughs> shows um in existence in its final season. Um that I love. And uh, there's been some after dark stuff, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Check out all the other awesome stuff at Lost Horror. Um, there's a bunch of other podcasts, people that write stuff like Connor. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and tell a friend. And uh, we will check you guys next time. Adios. I love, I love you all. Quietly, uh, though. Uh, people tell you it's that power of X. They're a bunch of posers. Power cat. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to drop a normal joke at the end here. Oh, God. I hate normal. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to send her to Krakoa? Yeah, yeah, she's, no, definitely. She's not good enough to go to Krakoa. <laughs> Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, text.